Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Kale Smith. Joining me this week is David Weiser from Film Assessment. Hey, everybody. Uh, And David, what movie are we talking about this week on the podcast? James Swan's latest movie, Maleficent. Oh, no, 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 no. Malignant. was found brutally murdered in her home this morning. Did you know her? No, but I saw her die. I'm seeing things. I'm seeing murders. As they're happening. Hello? It's almost Maleficent. (laughs) Uh, But we'll get, yeah. Uh, So yes, we are talking about James Wan's Mulliganet. Uh, and no, it is uh, not a cancer drama of any sorts or anything cancer related, even though there's a, a line of dialogue mentioned of getting rid of some cancer. Uh, but that has nothing to do with the movie. That's nothing to do with the movie. Uh, this is an original horror movie from uh, James Wan and his other two writers, uh, Akila Cooper and Idris uh, West, I think. Uh, let me double check on that, but but while I'm double checking on that, David, what did you think of the movie? I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's one of the stronger horror movies of the year. Um, definitely, like the third act, it goes like full crazy insanity. We'll get into that when we get into spoilers. But I, I thought that I loved how I just loved how crazy and campy it was. And it was like unashamed to be that. Right. Ye yes. It is yes. So it, it's very it's a lot more so James Wan is kind of come, you know, after he's finishing Aquaman, he's, you know, coming off of like so there's been this kind of of two minds of James Wan. There's the kind of action you know, superficial, fun action movie director, uh, James Wan. And then there's the horror filmmaker, James Wan, which most people are familiar with because of The Conjuring, The Insidious, uh, the first Saw movie. And here in Melinda, he kind of combines them both. Because like the styles, because I mean, his style is very much of, you know, wide angles, uh, you know, close-ins and move-in. It's very Raimi-esque at times. And here he's trying to combine both styles in a weird way. Like, I mean, there's a huge set piece in this movie that's very reminiscent of the Nicole Kidman set piece from Aquaman. 
uh, and it's incredible. Uh, but over, so my overall thought on this movie is, I think the internet's a little overhyped, overhyped it a little bit because I was expecting like a crazy, you know, overhyped movie. Like at one point, I had heard either from James Wan's Twitter or Instagram that this was kind of going to be kind of like a cross between Giallo and Highlander at one point. And I was expecting that going in. Like a Giallo beats um, Russell Mulcahy's uh, Highlander movie. Um, and it's not that at all. It's more of a James Wan movie. It does have a very crazy climax. Uh, but it also ends in a very similar way to most of James Wan's movies, which is a, basically a personal the personal character like takes hold of their inner demon and not to spoil the movie already, but it, it, it ends in a very similar James Wan way where it just ends with a conversation rather than a full on, you know, fight scene between the, the two and, you know, opposing forces. And, and I do like it, but I was also a little underwhelmed. Um, and then everything else, I thought it was a really fun movie. There are times where I was unintentionally laughing. Like there's now the oh, meme yeah. go Yeah. Oh yeah. Like there's now the meme going around of like of like Annabelle Wallace's character sitting with her sister saying, you know, you did know this, but I was adopted. <laughs> <laughs> like the dark music. Dark music intensifies. It's just like what? <laughs> well, it's like the lead into that is so like you know batshit insane because it's just like out of left field, like because we just met this sister like minutes ago, and now we're finding out they're adopted. So their whole relationship, like in what we know very little of their relationship, is just being thrown, you know to a curve right before the first act even ends so like like this movie is just crazy 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 i mean we open with an abusive you know husband slash father to be and we end this movie uh <laughs> with uh a crazy monster at the end i mean it's just insane absolutely insanity all the way through and if that's your kind of movie, then that's great. But if you're looking more for a subtle, you know, classier horror movie of like, you know, a 24 caliber or even more sophisticated horror, that's, this is not, Malignant is not it. It's not it at all. Um, but yeah. Um, David, if it's okay with you, I want to go full spoilers because this movie. Yeah, just, let's go. <laughs> I, I'm holding back stuff because I, I can't. Like, we have to talk about specifics. So, yeah, uh, let's go, David. What about you? Start with you. What was the what stood out to you? Definitely, like the third act twist kind of like recontextualizes the whole movie because kind of to get it like the way it opens at the hospital and like there's that creature whatever they're like sedating and whatever and like their little hints like throughout of like 
like the twist but yeah. you don't really pick up on them because it kind of goes over your head because you're just like oh, okay but like now when I rewatch it I feel like it's going to make more sense and feel more cohesive because when I was watching I was a little confused when it jumped from like the hospital thing to this random couple's house and then the monster terrorizes them I was like oh, okay I guess it's kind of like a Michael Myers situation he got out and he's attacking the surrounding civilians or whatever and then like when you get the final reveal that the girl, the the Annabelle Wallace's character, uh, Madison. don't remember her name, Madison, is what's the name? Uh, Gabriel. Gabriel. I knew it started with a G. That Madison and Gabriel are one and the same. He's like her tumor, but then like it was like it's like a conjoined twin. It, yeah, kind of like a kind of a conjoined twin, like. Voldemort and the Sorcerer's Stone, that kind of thing going on. Um, but I, I thought it was like crazy how it like took, it like contorted her body like backwards and she was just like, and it like unlocked this like inner strength and power within her and it like had a like, it was like able to like manipulate electricity and stuff. And I was like, this is so crazy, I love it. Um, but like go up to that reveal it definitely did feel like it didn't like that those two things kind of felt like they're separate movies in a sense then like kind of when it all comes together you're like oh okay like there's like the hint of like when you first see Gabriel he's wearing like socks that look like a little kid would wear like like bunny socks mm -hmm. or I don't know what they had on them but they were like definitely for a child and it looked like yes so I thought okay I guess this is a little boy but he's like I, I don't know that was kind of what I was running through my head I was like I don't I don't know what's up with this but like this is like this boy that I guess is like mutated or something and then like you get the final reveal and you're like oh okay this this finally like kind of it all clicks together more even though it's like batshit crazy and like illogical in that way but like in this fictional world i can buy all this time together now well what i love about malignant is that it's for the longest time i don't know if you've seen a giallo like suspiria or deep red or any of those movies but it's very much reminiscent of like the Dario argento style with like the neon light peering through the you know the set and and then like the graphic violence i mean this movie is is gory like it like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna undersell the gore like it is like, i mean the movie the movie one of the mids here one of the middle sequences of the movie is one of the like former doctors from the prologue getting just stabbed with a sword until like his head is just like completely just brain and and skull like that's what it is and and for the longest time, you think there is this psychic link to these characters, Gabriel and Madison, and you think to themselves, was she linked, you know, due to, you know, the home invasion? Like, like what is the link to all this? And then you find out that Madison is connected to, physically connected to Gabriel in this spiritual, in this very, uh, very gross out way. And, and there are hints of it. Like, if you notice the scene where Kakoa Shaw and uh, Gabriel are fighting like, like in, the, in the underground Seattle scene, like, the monster is moving, like, backward. 
works. Like it's yeah. like it's moving it in a way, it's contorting in a way that it's moving backwards. But like See, when you're watching it, like you don't think of it like that. You're just like, oh, okay, this is just this monster. He's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, he moves, and even he moves in a way that's very like it's just inhuman like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's just like it, it's a weird. So it's weird and weird. And then um, I have to kind of give credit to Annabelle Wallace. Like, I, I haven't, there's not, she's not been given a lot of chances in the movies she's in. I know she was a lead in the, in, a, in the first Annabelle movie, but I never saw that movie. And like, she was a co-lead in The Mummy with Tom Cruise. Oh, that was her? Yes. That movie has like almost been purged from my memory, so I told I didn't even realize it was the same person. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. Um, but yeah, she's in this, and I think Annabelle Wallace does give a good performance here. I think she, you know, she goes from a timid, you know, you know, granted, she's, you know, she looks physically like strong, but she's still, you know, she's emotionally you know, timid because of, like, the abuse she encountered from her, for her, from her husband, and then everything with Gabriel that makes her, you know, paralyzed, and it's, you know, and she does, you know, a really good job here, and yeah, I know she's not the one in the end, like, doing all the Gabriel movements, it's a actual, like, ballet dancer, but still, it's, like, Annabelle Wallace does a really good job. I don't think the dialogue or how it's even executed is that great. Like I mentioned, you know, the scene with, you know, the sisters, they're talking about like Annabelle Madison being adopted and it's just music intensified. Like on one hand, if it was much better executed, it would be a great twist. But as it is, it's kind of just like, <laughs> it's just really goofy. Like it feels like, Random fact being thrown out, you know, like, oh, here, let's take a turn. But uh, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, oh, and I mentioned earlier, uh, Ingrid uh, Bisou. That's the uh, other character. That's the other screenwriter of this movie, and she does play a part in the movie. She's like the, like, forensics police. She's yes. she's James Wan's wife. Yes. And yeah, so that was interesting. Yes, and it, it it's it's it is really interesting, and she probably has like the most out of place role in the movie. Like this, there's this, <laughs> uh, but then again, she's not alone. Like the even the the cops, Kankoa Shaw, and the other like f- uh, black female cop, like if like they they kind of feel like they just walked out of a parody of a cop show yeah like because i mean her <laughs> like all the dialogue that uh let me look up the actress's name uh all the dialogue that that character has is so like it's just so played with so much like sarcasm and and mean spirit like it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like authenticness it doesn't feel authentic at all 
trying to find sorry i'm trying to find the name of the actress uh but yeah like also oh it's uh michelle michelle brianna white who plays regina moss like like and, and, and again i'm not slamming any of these actors like they're doing really good with the with the material they're given it's just man <laughs> this the way it's executed it's all over the place this movie is very much all over the place and even more so than a james one typical james one movie like I, I don't know how familiar you are with Juan's work but um I've pretty much just seen Insidious, Furious 7, Aquaman, and now this. Okay. So what I love about Juan as a filmmaker is that he can kind of take all these like different elements and stuff that normally would make the movie just completely an inherent mess. Like in Aquaman, there's the whole, there's the main plot which with King Orm, you know, Patrick Wilson's character trying to take the throne and our main characters, uh, Arthur and um, Mara, they're trying to, you know, stop him. There's that plot going on. And then there's Black Manta's plot that feels like that should be saved for a sequel, but it's just in here for some reason. Yeah, it's very shoehorned. Yes. But to me, James Wan kind of makes all of it still work together. And, the, and to me, the best example, the better example of that, of not only Aquaman, but Conjuring 2, Conjuring 2 literally had shoehorned in the nun for uh, Conjuring 2, because uh, the villain was supposed to be just the old man, uh, but the nun is just in there, and they fit reshot the entire third act in post, just to have the nun in the movie. And when you watch, if you watch the movie, you wouldn't think that. You wouldn't think, I mean, you would think like it was an odd twist to have the nun be the villain, have it all connected that way. But you wouldn't think it was that shoehorn. And I feel like Juan is really good at like mastering all of that. And here, he's trying to master like every tone imaginable and it doesn't quite work. And even when it is, it's just barely hanging on. It's just barely, like, it's so ridiculous that it's barely hanging on. I don't know how you felt about that part. I don't know about that, but I, I definitely agree there was kind of like, like, like you were mentioning how like the cops felt like a parody, whereas there's this like woman enduring like this like psychic trauma and then there's like this body, grotesque body horror stuff going on with the contortionist. And then you have her like sister and like the family thing. And so there's like, there's like a lot of balls in the air and they definitely kind of feel a little distinct from one another, but I think it comes together in a way that's kind of like bad shit crazy. <laughs> this is like James Wan on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yes but let's also listening to like rock and roll like like music while Blair watching a wrestling game mm -hmm. like because like i mean even like the intro the opening music throws you off because it feels like it's from a 2000s horror movie 
It really does. And I kind of liked that. Like, it felt like sort of a throwback. Like, it didn't, I don't know. Like, I feel like kind of each era, I guess, of horror kind of has its, well, it, just any genre, but like, kind of like has its trademarks and it kind of becomes cliche after a while, those trademarks, but like to kind of like harken back to a cliche. I don't know. I thought it was kind of refreshing in a way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's, I mean, what's new is old again, or what's old is new again, and yeah, and I think if there's any problem, my main problem I have with Malignant is that even still with all the Gonzo action, it's still kind of, and maybe it was because of the my theater, but it was still kind of hard to see, like, in the big like showdown with you know Gabriel and the cops like it was still hard to see what was going on like because they're so it, the, the frame is so busy like you know I mean Gabriel is like chopping arms off and then throwing it at people then the next moment he's throwing a chair at cops I mean I mean it, it's a brutal showdown but man I was like so wait well, what's going on how did we get here I watched it at home and I didn't have that issue Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just, yeah, I mean, yeah. Also, I'm kind of scratching because I'm, I'm scratching for things in this movie. <laughs> Sorry, this, because I'm, I'm searching for other things. Is I'm just, what else is there to talk about malignant like the fact that the like that lady he abducted was like their mother oh yes and she's that just in like the another... roof the whole time i thought that i liked that twist that it like turned out they were in her roof of, like because it like makes as you're watching it you think oh he's been hiding out in her house this whole time and then finally when they that reveal comes that he's like inside her tumor then it's like, oh my gosh, he's been like, it, it makes more sense. And so it's not so much like he snuck in her house. And then I thought it was crazy how it's like, he's been like killing her fetuses to like feed himself in order to like sustain himself like all these years. Like I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, this is a, like, this is very dark like it's yeah and you know this i mean the thing about and also what's so cruel about the whole thing is i mean gabriel is a character that in my mind he's he's like he he's putting on it feels like he's putting on the show that he's the devil like he wants everyone to think he's the devil but really he's just He's just a sad boy that never got loved. Uh, so he takes it out on everyone. Yes, and he's a he he's a psychopathic killer that takes it out on everyone. Because I mean, and, and that's kind of like the running theme of the movie is you know how love can transform a person, like it can morph a person. Mm -hmm. 
because in the absence of love you get gabriel but in the full like on the but on the other side of that 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 spectrum of love you get madison who you know found love and intention through her her parent her adoptive parents and her sister uh and And that kind of thing like you like she like that's kind of the running theme on top of also you know you know this maternal this idea of looking for a connection a dna connection but really what you're needing is a familiar connection what you're needing is you know you're you need emotional support which is what get and which gabriel kind of fools Madison into thinking at times because it's just you know this voice in her head this per this thing this entity that's inside her but it's also but it's also like making her do terrible things yeah I liked I really like I think one thing we haven't really talked too much about that's like in terms of technical craft like I felt like I was really impressed by a lot of the stuff going on in this movie in terms of like production design, the camera work, uh, the visual effects. I really liked the effect when he would like make her see something and like the, the room would like kind of like dissolve and like go away and like it would, she, her surroundings would kind of change and she would like be where wherever he is, but like she would be like an external party witnessing it. I, I really liked that. I thought that was pretty cool. And it was for a movie that I don't know exactly what the budget was, but I assume it was pretty low budget. Um, it never shows it. Like it, it feels like it, it, it never looks cheap. Um, I think that, so last time I checked on Wikipedia, the budget was 40 million. Yeah. So not low mid budget. budget. Mid budget. Yeah. But I mean, to, to your point, like the craft is on screen. I mean, there's that impressive shot of, you know, you know, looking down at the house while she's going up the stairs and into the room. I mean, you know, like this movie, it shows, it, it shows its hand quite a bit because there's no, because I mean, when you see the house, it's still, it's very narrow and, you know, it's not big at all. But when you go inside, like the, it's very much a movie set, but you need that kind of movie set quality because you need to show off, you need to be able to cinematically convey like all this fear and tension in this wide open space. Mm -hmm. And I noticed some people kind of pick, nitpicking at like, you know, how the flat screen TV, you know, statics or the phone glitches, like, a, like, some, like something out of an old movie and I'm kind of like, those are contrivances. Like and they're, they're kind of meant, yeah. They're not meant to be, you know, they're not meant to be potholes. They're not meant to be, they're meant to kind of move the movie along. Like, you know, put, keep you immersed into the tension of the movie. Even though there's still unintentionally hilarious stuff, like, like the sister being told that, you know, the, the adoptive scene. <laughs> There, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of kind of like on the nose random dialogue that was just kind of like, what is going on here? <laughs> and I thought it was mm -hmm. kind of funny how the the character that's played by James Wan's wife, James Wan's wife, kind of was like 
kept hitting on like the main police guy and like this weird yeah. like it, it didn't feel like it was like how you were talking about how like it didn't feel authentic I think that's one thing I could point to I'm like people wouldn't do that in like a professional like setting like I had a crime scene be like hitting on one like that just didn't feel believable like it kind of felt like you were saying like a parody of a of a procedural Oh yeah, definitely. And it it wouldn't yeah, it but that's kind of malignant. You kind of have to just go with it. Yeah, it's, no, it, it's not like a huge sticking point for me. It's just something that it, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, what what I mean by that is you just kind of have to go with it because everything else in the movie is so like one minute you're getting this movie and then the next movie you're getting or next moment you're getting this movie. So it So I mean so, I mean, when you do have, like, this, the low-grade CSI, like, characters <laughs> coming in and making, and cracking jokes or being like, you know, where's the other half? You know, aren't we all looking for the other half? Yeah. Or, or whatever, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, but when that happens, you kind of have to, you kind of have to take it for what it is. It's, it's, it's supposed to be, I think this one's way of doing comic relief but it's just really awkward i i um, I, I will say i was totally on the chaotic wavelength of this movie <laughs> like yeah. i i was along for the ride and i i loved every second of it <laughs> and just to be clear there's not a moment where you got off of it right no no well like the like there are moments like you said that are unintentionally hilarious but like I was totally along for that. I was, I was, I was totally in with that. It kind of reminded me of old is kind of the same way at, at points. Um, and oh, yeah. I, 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 def, I, it's, they're both very similarly, like you have to be on their wavelength to properly enjoy them really. Or otherwise you're going to be like sitting around like nitpicking all this random stuff. But like, uh, I, I think both of those movies are like definitely like, chaotic yeah and it, i i just loved both of them for similar reasons i guess yeah also the um underground uh underground seattle tour guide like she's just having a really shitty week she's kidnapped <laughs> by she's kidnapped by one of her children and then you know the moment she escapes she falls through <laughs> you know, through the ceiling, you know, lands on this damn table, gets into a coma, then it wakes up to her, to her, to her son, you know, trying to kill her in her daughter's body. And then she, like, she has to, like, do, and also I should point out, like, this woman gave birth to these, in to these twins, like, when she was 15 after being raped, also. Yeah. Lord, this woman's just really having a shit week. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, it's it's Gonzo. Like Malignant is just like it's crazy, you know. And and when I don't know if you saw my Twitter post on Malignant, but what I said on Twitter was, "Man, are people just so?" I'm gonna paraphrase what I said. Like, cause I kind of walked out of Malignant being like, it's R-rated and gory, 
But I mean, I was expecting like full. I mean, I was expecting like full, like unleashed, like gallons of blood, Quentin Tarantino style. Like if Quentin Tarantino became a psycho, just went full insane. And I didn't quite get that. And it kind of, and I kind of wanted to ask you real quick. Are people read? Because you saw like how this movie just like became a hit on film Twitter, right? Yeah. Are people ready for violence again in movies, or violence and gore to this extent again? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I didn't really go in with any preset expectations or anything, other than like I heard a lot of buzz about it. I didn't really read into the buzz too much. Like I was just kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna ignore that till I watch it. Um, and so I didn't really have any preconceived notions except I knew there was a crazy twist. And like, as the movie went along, I was kind of like struggling to see, I was like, what is this crazy twist gonna be? Cause like, there were a lot of crazy things that happened pretty early on that I was like, is this the twist or like, and then finally, like, there's like the actual reveal and I'm like, okay, okay. I totally understand now. And I love this. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. When the actual reveal happens, like, and they move the camera and all that, like, it's really good. And the monster on her back looks really, really good. Yeah. I don't know if it's prosthetics, visual effects or what, but whatever it was, was really convincing and it looked incredible. It's probably like the, the like prosthetic is like the head and the ribs and all that, and then the arms are either puppeteered or maybe like because I kind of noticed that the arms kind of moved like a little bit like animated like, if that makes sense, in some shots. So I'm wondering if it was just a combination of prosthetics, but then puppeteer and then like distant shots like full wide shots they just use like cg arms to kind of make the shot you know work for you know the wider shots where they couldn't like have mm -hmm. like someone you know in front of Mackenzie grace you know puppeteering the arms that are in behind her um yeah it's also uh kudos to Mackenzie grace from the haunting and a bunch of other movies from forget or shows for getting more work in horror uh, she's a sister. She's no, she's Madison, young Madison. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that okay, okay. No, I understand now. I did not realize that was her. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see that meme that was like when you go to when you're a child actor going to an audition and you see Jacob Tremblay and McKenna Grace and he's just like, oh no, this is hopeless. I'm not getting this role. Yeah. Uh, no, I have not seen that, but I mean, that's pretty funny. Like, you just see Jacob Tremblay, like, just in line, just like, you know, not even practicing his lines. He's just playing like Temple Run or whatever on his phone. Um, He's just like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just here. They're, they're actually just going to get hand me the script and I'm going to read it. In a few years, he's going to enter that like tween or teen stage where he's going to kind of like, it's going to like the stranger, what's going on with the stranger kids, stranger things kids right now. 
where they're clearly not children anymore. They're they're definitely like teenagers and kind of like and the, like they look like they're aging fast because they're going through puberty and everything. That's gonna happen to Jacob Tremblay soon. So these kids will have a chance again. <laughs> yep. Or better yet, I mean Jacob Tremblay will be Peter Parker in ten years. So for the fourth iteration. It'll be flashback Peter Parker when they finally show Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Um what else is there? Or they'll, or they'll just have a horrifically de-aged Tom Holland. Oh, or yeah. Who knows? Maybe that technology will be where it needs to be at, the, at that point. But. So is it real that they're de-aging Evan Hansen? They have a de-aged version of Dear Evan Hansen? I heard that. It's like cats with like the butthole cut. <laughs> but it's but it's like one version of the movie or i don't know if it's like one version or it's like the i don't know i, I heard i know what you're talking about where it's like apparently they're de-aging him because they like but it's i feel like that was a fast turnaround to do that in response to like people uh talking about it online how he was not really age appropriate casting <laughs> Which I mean, I, I don't know. It's that's the whole thing I don't want to get into <laughs> right now. We can talk about that in a few weeks. Does that yeah. come out this weekend or next? Next. Oh boy, I, I don't even know if we'll. I don't even. Should we cover that movie? I don't know. I wasn't um, really looking forward to it. I, I kind of want to see it because I hear it's that bad. That. yeah i don't know i'm i don't yeah we'll we'll think about it there's stuff i got other plans coming up you know to hold us till we get to venom so uh and and i'm sure in some way we'll cover venom when it comes out in a couple weeks so or we'll do the the sopranos movie whatever yeah oh i haven't watched this i need to watch the sopranos I probably when won't we... finish it before the movie comes out. When is that? When does it? When's the release date? October first. Oh, I'm not gonna finish the whole series by then. You know what? What? what here's a great idea. We just want we go into the Many Saints of New York, uh, Newark, uh, blind, not knowing what Sopranos is. We watch it and then we come back here and review it. And be like, well, I guess this was a Sopranos reference. I guess that was also, like, I, I think that would, you know what? Let's do that. Let's not watch a single episode. Let's just go in as blind as possible, and and then, and then come out like, what in the world is this? Okay. And then we'll, and then, and then in the same breath, we'll be like, and then Woody Harrelson showed up as a red thing, and oh wait, that's Venom. <laughs> Um, all right. So, uh, is there anything else to say on Malignant? I... Good movie. Go see it. <laughs> yeah, go see it. Either, you know, either way. Just see it you know, either in a theater or in HBO Max. Either way. Yeah, this isn't be... one that I'm going to, like, demand people see in theaters. Like, We'll, we'll we'll get to dune the dune campaign of like you've got to see this in imax or you haven't lived <laughs> oh yeah 
Oh yeah, I can't wait for that because you know Warner Brothers, you know, for for better or worse, like they're gonna have a really good fall. Like uh, hopefully know, do... after they've they've had a lackluster year so far outside of Kong versus Godzilla and then I guess Mortal Kombat did pretty well for them. It did well on HBO Max. Well, okay, HBO Max. that's what it was. Yeah. Um, all right. With that. Um, David, do you have a blog and where can the good people find you? Yeah, it's called Film Assessment. I know, I'm sorry, I still haven't written on it in a while. Uh, I'll get there. Uh, and then you can check me out on Twitter at wiser underscore David. Um, and then I have a, the blog, had, I have a handle for the blog as well. Um, it's Film Assessment. And yeah, I'm glad to be back to talk movies with Kale again. Awesome. Thank you, David. And just to do some um, housekeeping, uh, I do have a new show up and running. It's called From the Top, The Ultimate Filmmaker's Retrospective. Uh, it's where I and uh, bloggers and film writers and film enthusiasts like David here uh, come on and talk about um, movies from different directors. Uh, so this first season we're on right now, we're talking about Michael Mann. Uh, the first episode is already up where we talk about where um, I and uh, the host of the Philip and Michael show uh, talk about uh, Thief starring James Caan. Uh, that was a great episode. Please check it out. I'll have the link in the description below. And uh, and, uh, the, and please check it out. Um, the next episode, The Keep, will be out, I think, on the first Thursday of October. Um, again, I'll post updates on my Twitter as we go, and then we'll do the Manhunter episode for right for Halloween, because Manhunter is a horror movie, and we want to get that out, you know, while it's still Halloween. Uh, so, yes. Um, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, I'm not sure what movie or what topic we'll be talking about next week. There's bunch of stuff still coming out but um i just don't know what i'll have time to see um so we'll get back to you so i'll again i'll post everyone on twitter as soon as i as we come up with a plan thanks everyone we'll be back with you he says his name is gabriel i think he's someone from my past Whatever happened to you before you joined our family hurt you in a way that I can't even imagine. Stop saying that. Maddie, who are you talking to? Gabriel. Is he your imaginary friend? Imaginary friend? Imaginary He's the devil. again. He's getting closer. He wants to talk to you. Mom, what do you know? He's coming for me.